grab it again, son. Grab it again. Grab it again. We we talking about that. But you talking about how big it's back. Grab that. Yeah. Your line of questioning isn't it isn't conducive to a good interview. Why is that? It just isn't. It's not going anywhere. You're asking me this. It's, 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 this is, What's wrong with that line of question? It's unfair. I'm sitting here trying to understand how is y'all getting in these big fights <laughs> without your chin being insured. You gotta get that coverage, man. Call me for all premium deals, platinum deals, whatever you need. And welcome to the number one podcast in the sport where. We can't even be sure that female boxing is actually female boxing. Yeah. So so this has all kind of picked up speed probably since late Saturday night through to today. And this won't make sense unless you saw the Ellie Scottney fight against, I can't even remember the lady's name, the Spanish lady. And everything looks suspicious from the way in you start to look at her and go, there's something not right here. Now, everyone who knows me well knows that when I see Spanish fighters in general, I'm suspicious already because Spain has had a liberal approach to doping for a long time, right? We know this with their cyclists. We know this with their footballers. And they seem to have backers in the state that are prepared to suppress information. So we never actually understand how bad it is. What you can say for absolute certain is if you are going to buy steroids in Europe, the cheapest place to buy steroids in Europe is Spain. The cheapest place to buy EPO is Spain. So I started to get messages about this, you know, tail end of yesterday, early today, about people saying, do you think this woman's a woman? Now, you've got to tread carefully here because we're in different times socially. You know, we saw what happened with Dave Chappelle. So you don't want to be classed as a turf, right? Because I'm definitely not a feminist. But when you start to, to look at things, so I looked at her Instagram, right? And I went through it. And just looking at the changes you see, there were so many red flags. Number one, being from Spain is a red flag. Number two, coming from seemingly nowhere. Bear in mind, Spain is not a hotbed for boxing. Spain is not a country with a respected tradition in terms of boxing let's be absolutely clear about this what they've given us over time is like sort of ridiculous extremes either the nutcase that was La, La Haga whatever that guy's name was who fought Bradley Skeet or you get the guy that fought Ted Cheeseman uh this is Sergio Garcia Oscar Garcia I can't remember so you get those kind of two extremes where you've got one guy who's just completely crazy you know for want of a better expression and then actually, when he moved up levels, he got exposed. And then you had the, the guy that fought Cheeseman who, who looked like he knew what he was doing, but essentially he was just running for 12 rounds. And you're like, how have you got that energy? But they're all red flags around doping to me because they've come from nowhere. Anyone that comes from nowhere is a red flag. So this, I'm supposed to believe this lady in her mid-20s, who we don't know, haven't seen anywhere before, has no profile of any note, is suddenly supposed to be competitive with Ellie Scottney, who, with all due respect, Ellie Scottney's fought internationally as an amateur. She's kept in really good company, and she's a supreme talent. 
like I was struggling to see how the gap closes. So I go through this. I go through the Instagram and I have a look, and I go, okay, who is she? Not a great life. Like she, whatever you want to say, she's dedicated to the gym. It seems that she's found her purpose with boxing, and that's cool. But it started to trigger like just instinctive things because I, in my time, I've. I've trained people who have transitioned from female to male. And I've seen the process from before it started right through to what you can call the end, right? And I've seen that in a boxing context and I've seen that in a kind of lifting weights in the gym context. And this triggered all of my senses because what happens when you take substances that are highly androgenic, particularly if you're a you know, female by birth, I'm choosing my words carefully here. You start to harden up. Your face starts to harden up. And you start to get those sort of androgenic effects. So that harder face. So you can go from looking like a 16-year-old girl to a 17-year-old boy. If you take the right doses. And as I'm going through this Instagram. And it's about four years of worth of images. You can see that. It's not dramatic to the point where you're saying, Oh my God, she's on this crazy cocktail of drugs. But it's enough to say that you've got to answer some questions. So having had a look at that, I went back and watched the Ellie Scottney fight. Now, when you've been in the game long enough, the first thing you do is you listen up for the sound of the punches someone makes. Because that tells you how hard the shot is. There's, there's a certain sound a punch makes and you know that it's a hurtful punch. And normally in female fights, you don't hear it. It's more ta 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 pa pa ta 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 And every so often, you kind of hear that. Duh. And you're like, oh, oh, she's felt that one. And there were a couple of moments of that in the first couple of rounds where she was hitting Ellie Scottney, and I thought, those, those are hard shots. And I'm sure if you asked Elle, she'll tell you that in the fourth round, like, you know, she felt a couple of those shots and she had to get herself back together and, I, and I'd also speculate that no, no female boxer has done that to Ellie no, knowing her for the years I've known her I don't think anyone's done that to her so that's another red flag because this isn't someone who's an extraordinary talent because there's no record of it there's no record of prior performance the only saving grace from that event on Saturday was it was Ellie Scottney in that ring not Shannon Courtney that would have been a massacre. Had she, had she landed those shots on Shannon Courtney, it would have been a massacre. Had she landed those shots on Ebony Bridges, Ebony Bridges would have had two alien-shaped lumps on her head. It was just that Elle's got that kind of style that grinds the power out of you. But I know Elle had to dig deep for that fight, which in some ways stands her in good stead, but in others, it's left her questioning what's really going on in the sport. And this is something for the board to investigate as well, although I don't know how you do it. There's clearly something suspicious, A, just about Spanish boxers in general, which so, someone like a Coogan has to start asking Eddie Hearn, where have these Spanish guys come from? Are we testing them? Are we testing them in Spain? Are we testing them when they come here? Because we should. Then the second question is, the matchmaking. What research was done here? It, this goes all the way down, even the team. Did the team get complacent and go, I, Ellie Scott, you'll beat anyone that's in front of her? Or did they go and do their research? Because this should have been a red flag before the fight was made. 
if someone had shown me the images I saw yesterday and today, before the fight had happened, and they were available before, I would have said, I don't know about taking this fight. When your question's answered. Now, I've spoken to a couple of people about this. Some people say, I don't believe, I don't believe she's been a, a girl, woman for a long time. And others are like, you know, maybe she is. And she's just, you know, in the process of transitioning. And if that's true, listen, that's fine. Whatever you need to do, whoever you need to be to be happy, to be stable, to be a fully functioning member of the society, whatever you need to, you know what I mean, whatever reality you need to create for yourself, that's not for me to judge. When you're walking into a boxing ring and you're potentially going to hurt somebody and you're hiding this information from that person to the point where if that person knew the information, they may make a different decision. That's when it becomes problematic. Now, I can theorize on what happened. I can say, maybe this is someone who is transitioning and she's on that kind of 100 milligrams a day, which is just under what you'd give someone for TRT. Maybe she's on that. Maybe she's on that with maybe something like an EPO. Maybe she's on that with something stacked on top. There's, there's something there. Just looking at how her face has changed in the last six or seven years, that doesn't normally happen. She's effectively, she's aged 15 years in the space of five. As, long, as well as having the sort of masculinizing features that come from someone who either produces too much in terms of androgens or is taking too much in terms of androgens. Now, I don't know which one it is, but there's a question that needs answering. So I implore everyone to go back and watch that fight again. Watch the build-up, go and look at the lady's Instagram, and then you make your own mind up about whether there are red flags here, because I think there are. And I think a lot of people in this process have dropped the ball. The promoter, the matchmaker, the training team have all dropped the ball because they're meant, they're meant to be zero surprises on fight night. And everyone came away from that fight surprised. So who didn't do their homework? And for anyone, I don't know if anyone's seen what Ellie's face looks like on a Monday, but that's not how she normally looks after a fight. Like, she looks like she's taking real heavy leather. You don't see that very often. You definitely don't see it against someone who's not as good as you. So I can see people are going to ask me the question, do I think other people are at this? Of course. If you go back to the episode we did on drugs with Larry, I said it at the time. The doping in female boxing will be far more prevalent than in male boxing. Because no one's going to test female boxers Because no one really cares It's an afterthought Commercially it's an afterthought In terms of the sport it's an afterthought So no one's really going to check And in that sense it's been advantageous Not being part of an international system Because you've never had to be tested You've never had to be And as a result you've been free to do what the hell you want And if you are going through that transition therapy You probably have a therapeutic use exemption So you don't have to declare it this is where boxing gets murky. This is where boxing becomes quite scary. And if I'm a female boxer now, I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm only fighting people I trust. And I think Elle's well within her right to do so. But we can't say much more until we get to the bottom of this. And I think we should be trying to get to the bottom of this because this is going to happen again. There are women right now in gyms taking all kinds of stuff in the context of rugby, 
in the context of women's football, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Pick your sport, it doesn't matter. They're doing this to get an advantage. And what happens four or five years down the line, they go, actually, hold on, I'm going to try boxing. So they've got five or six years of anabolic use as a platform they can build on, which most boxers don't have because, you know, there's a lot of pressure to stay clean. And so these are big risks that are, uh, they're affecting female boxing. And if you ignore these, you ignore them at your peril. In fact, you're being negligent in doing so. And I don't want to be here saying I speak for Eddie because I don't speak for Eddie. Eddie will speak for herself when the time is right. What I will say is, as someone who's seen this from the outside in, there's so many questions that need answering. Because that matchroom matchmaking has been questionable for some time. Eddie's level of supervision over his product has been questionable for some time. Like, how the hell do you get Melina still fighting unless there's something we don't know about? And why are so many Spanish people suddenly coming over? Is it, has it got anything to do with the fact that it's generally an untapped boxing market with a reasonably large and affluent population that maybe the zone are looking to exploit? But you can't do that at the expense of people like Eddie Scott. And he, that's wrong. Even the lady, um, Lorena, the one that fought Sam Smith back in June 2018. Yeah, it must have been 2018. Even that lady, suspicious. All of these guys are suspicious because... They seem to have these one in a million physiques everywhere in Spain. And then you look and go, oh, but they're quite liberal in how they use steroids, like Brazil. Steroids aren't the, the stigmatized substance that they are in the UK. It's freely used and people use them. Models, porn stars, athletes, everyone just uses them casually because it's just another substance. But that's a major problem in boxing. It's a major problem in MMA as we're finding out. But I'll leave that to the fans to ask these questions. But we need answers about what the hell happened on Saturday because no one's going to buy that that lady was simply really talented and really strong from eating tuna, Nando's and some pot noodles, which is not buying that, unfortunately. But let me switch gears real quick and ask you guys a question. Is that Matchroom card in Sheffield on November 13th the worst card you've ever seen? That's my challenge. Can someone name... A worse card. And I've been accused of riding Steve Goodwin pretty hard over some of his cards. And I've given Mickey Helliot a hard time. And I've given Dennis a hard time sometimes. None of those guys have delivered a card this terrible. For what the card is supposed to be. For the venue it's at. For the network it's on. And what it actually contains. This is terrible this is the worst card <laughs> this is the worst card i've seen i know i'm being slightly you know over the top here but it's definitely the worst card in the last three years that eddie's put on this this is a reminder that eddie's got no choice but to come back to the uk so do you remember when he first got that that zone shine remember when he first got that little zone rub and he was talking to us about he had unlimited funds he could sign whoever He's going to sign Broner. He's going to sign Charlo. He's going to sign this person, that person. And he was talking about putting on fights in Madison Square Garden in Vegas. <laughs> and this is what we're reduced to. He's gone from Liverpool, which gets a thumbs up. You know, I, I, I can't question the quality of the card at Liverpool for what it was meant to be. 
ticked all the boxes. Then we had the clown show on Saturday, which was a good prospect card. But remember, there were people that paid hundreds of pounds for tickets. And based on that, it was a clown show. Then we're going to go to Sheffield, which is terrible. And remember, there are no good American cards to counterbalance this, by the way. There are no good American cards you can look at and say, well, at least he's spending his money over there. So where's the money going? Is it that zone have said, if we're buying BT Sport, there isn't money to make fights anymore? Yet, paradoxically, there's money to pay $1.5 million for Mick Conlon versus Lee Wood. Mick Conlon versus Lee Wood. Why don't you pay Craig Richards that kind of money? I don't. That it baffles me. No, uh, if this sounds disrespectful to Lee Wood, so be it. I don't think Lee Wood has carried Matchroom on his back the way Craig has. I don't think Lee Wood has been put in that kind of hostile territory the way Craig has, and come through smiling. Why doesn't Craig get that kind of money? Why wouldn't Eddie ever say I win a purse bid for Craig Richards to fight at that level? Instead of just throwing him to the wolves every time. But it's part of this wider thing where Eddie needs to come back to the UK. He has, this is tail between your legs territory, right? He needs to have somewhere where he's the top dog. America didn't let him quite rightly too. And now he's come back here. Look, he's stealing Frank's fighters. He's trying to put on shows with essentially Kid Galahad and just Steffi Bull's detritus. And then what next? I saw there was a card in Liverpool that looks terrible as well. All of it just looks terrible. Katie Taylor and Conor Ben are the same. Oh, God. oh, man, I can't cope. This has been a rapid decline. I'm, I'm almost not ready for the Hearn decline. I thought maybe, you know, let's give it a year. Let's give it like a, a Joshua defeat to Fury and then this is over. This decline is hitting us hard because we weren't ready for it. And here's the sad part about it. Instead of Eddie pulling back and working out how he can change boxing again and fixing it, this guy's still trying to lick the fucking dust off a camera lens at any opportunity. Spinning his nonsense. What do he do today? Like his top five heavyweights. Oh, it's Fury and it's Usyk. Then it's Joshua. Then it's Dillian. Then it's Deontay. Just showing no respect again. Like, he, he's the epitome of the Emperor's new clothes at the moment. I think Matchroom's are stable in trouble. I don't think they've got any stars. I don't think they have an interest in making any stars. And no established stars want to sign with them. I don't know if Bacoli still signs them, but they farmed out Bacoli to go and fight Yoko in France in December. So when he gets pulverized as well, what are you going to do with him? Whack him in with Johnny Fisher. Actually, on a side note, I'd quite like to see Alan Babbage versus Martin Bacoli. Let's see that. Let you know. Let's let's get that out of the way after this Yoka thing's done. Once again, Hergovic forgotten about. Just, how do you describe it to someone who doesn't watch boxing and say there's a guy who genuinely thought he could do anything to anyone and get away with it because of his surname? Wasn't the biggest payer in boxing. Wasn't the most generous with his matchmaking. Wasn't the most supportive in the event of a defeat. He was the reason certain fighters had a nervous breakdown. And still fans tell you that they love Eddie Hearn. 
crazy. And it's worth saying that you can't directly link Hearn's behavior to the, the, the aforementioned nervous breakdown. But what you can say is you don't, you don't take a kid who came from nothing and built himself up. You don't fly him all around the country in a private jet, put him in front of Coogan, put him in front of Michelle Joy Phelps, put him in front of Adam Smith, put him in front of everyone, show him that world championship lifestyle. And then at the first sign of trouble, get rid of him. Like he did in Kosi Solomon. Like he did Otha Jones III. Like he did Anthony Sims Jr. And no one pulls him up on this. Where's his Joshua type interview where he bears his soul and says, I wish I'd been a better human being? It's, it's a sad state of affairs. I'm not sold on it. But I am enjoying this. From, from a distance, I'm enjoying watching this decline. The problem is Frank can't even step up. Like, what are you doing with Joe Joyce? I saw Joe was training out in Vegas. And I was like, training for what? What the hell are you training for? You're next in line after Usyk for that belt. But they just called a mandatory, what, this year? So they're not going to call another one for at least this time next year. So how are you going to fill the next year, Joe? On Frank's show, Frank ain't trying to spend a penny. Frank is not trying to spend a penny building anybody up. Not Dubois, not Joyce, not Yard, no one. Frank's not spending a single penny. Why? Because if B-tier and TakeOver talks, they only want cash flow fights. So their cash flow fights Tyson Fury. Yard Arthur, have you seen the ticket prices? Copper box tickets, hospitality, top price, 300 quid. And the thing about that seat is you don't get inside Frank's inner circle. There'll still be the barriers between certain seats. You won't be able to get ringside because he gives those out to his mates. So why are you paying 300 quid? And I guarantee it, you'll show up on the night and you'll get in for a fiver. They'll just let you walk in. They won't even have anyone at the doors because they'll be like, there's so few people. Why have you got so many security guards? People just go for a cigarette break. Because Frank won't spend his own money. BT don't want to spend money if they are the subject of a takeover. It doesn't make sense unless you're adding to the valuation. And no one on that show is. The only, the only thing, if I'm being honest, all I'm looking forward to from a Frank Warren perspective is watching Denzel Bentley this weekend. That's it. I'm looking forward to watching Denzel come back. And it's probably worth you guys going back and catching the episode I did with him, just so you can understand where his head was. And then let's see where the performance is at this time. Now, I've given him space this time because I didn't want to be a guy that said, you have to do this, you have to do that. I wanted him to go up, get with his team, Get his situation straight. Let's see what they can do. Let's see what the improvements are because we need to see improvements. I can name one improvement I'd like to see. I'd like him. To, I'd like him to hold and dominate the middle of the ring. Start hurting people. You know, Denzel shouldn't be going back unless someone's had to take a punch for him to step back. Because if he has that approach, it's game over for whoever tries that. But Denzel Bentley, talent I'm interested in. Overall card. Couldn't give a monkey's about. Don't care about Zach Parker. Don't care about Nathan Healy. Just don't care about them. Knocks are not good for. I just don't care. And I don't care because Frank told me not to care. And he told me not to care because he didn't spend any money on these guys. Here's the difference. 
I care about Brad Pauls. And I care about Lionel Sadofia. Because Steve put his balls on the line about those guys. He said, I back these guys. Now, I don't know whether Steve's put his own hand in his pocket. I have no idea. But I know that Steve's backed these guys from day one. And he's, he's constantly helped push them up the ladder. I don't see Frank doing that. So, yeah, I think if you look at Eddie in decline, you look at Frank in decline, Mick might come up on the outside. You never know, because at least with Mick, Mick can just tell you, come on Hennessy Sports, mate. You're going to get 2 million people looking at you. You want to get sponsorship? That's how you do it. You jump on a Hennessy show because those numbers aren't fake. Remember, TV viewing figures are audited. So that's what I say. I say it's in a bad place, man. Like We seem to be giving money to people who don't deserve it and not giving money to people who do deserve it. And boxing is just... Boxing is just... I don't even want to talk about that. Let me, let, let me give you something of value for this podcast. Any of you guys out there single, not getting any ladies... Here's a tip for you. If you're on a dating app and you're one of those guys who spent a, a ton of money on the platinum program, on the gold this and the gold that, here's a tip for you. Next time you open an account, if I get a burner phone, right? Set up a dating account on Bumble or on Tinder. Go on Instagram. Find a hashtag, male model. Find a hashtag, you know, fitness freak, whatever. Yeah, pick someone from an obscure country like Liechtenstein, right? Someone really, really obscure, nondescript, preferably with about nine hundred followers, right? Take six of those photographs, set your profile up with those six photographs. Write all the normal schmaltzy stuff about how you love walks in the country, you love country pubs, and you love a Sunday roast, and what you really want to do: settle down and find the love of your life. You know that stuff that makes women go, oh. Do that. Right? Fill your profile out. Don't lie about your height or anything like that because I don't think you can change that over time. Don't lie about anything else, but just change the pictures. Don't, don't be you for a change. Yeah? Set that account up and leave it. Keep the thing active so it's always searchable and people can find you. Leave it for about three or four weeks. Don't touch it. Thank me later. Do not touch it don't feel the urge to swipe right on anyone don't do anything that takes it beyond you just being visible just stay visible for four weeks after about four weeks so i don't think you can really hold it together for much longer than that after four weeks get your phone out about two o'clock in the morning when people are mostly in bed change the pictures to your picture this is why it's important not to lie about certain things. So change the pictures to your picture. Now just start swiping right. You should, you should get to about two, 300 matches quickly. You'll get bored at this point because it will just be like... Get to the matches on all your platforms. Get to those matches. And what you will find is you will have access to the women. The algorithm wouldn't have let you get if you're just yourself. Now, how does that work? Well, the algorithm basically goes on who's popping at the time. So if 99 people swipe right on you and one swipes left, you move up the ladder. You keep moving up the ladder and they keep exposing you to higher and higher quality women until your numbers start to go down. Then it kind of keeps you at your natural level. 
Now, for a lot of guys, you never really get to see the creme de la creme. You get kind of... It tries to find who you're mo most likely to end up with, right? But we don't go on platforms for that. So once you game the system, it should give you a higher platform score because it's essentially a dating platform. It'll give you a higher platform score than you would have got otherwise. Now, that score is going to go down if people start going, oh my God, I didn't match with him, did I? And start unmatching you. Then that score will go down. But by then, you've done your damage. I mean, you've got the matches you wouldn't have got otherwise, and then that's just on you, right? That doesn't mean you should be a scumbag. That doesn't mean you should be creepy or weird or anything like that. You've got to be a damn good human being once you hit that point. But that's your in. You want to get, you want to maximize your matches? Don't do anything else. No boosts, no zooms, no, no just nothing. Just have the fake pictures for a bit, get your numbers up, then just harvest. See, because in the old days, you just like a million people and it wouldn't affect your score. But now the algorithm picks up on all of that stuff. So you're better off just pushing yourself up that ranking for as long as you can and getting whatever matches you want. Works for everyone. Male, female, doesn't matter. Do it. Let me know how it goes. Thank me later, guys. And on that note, I'm going to sign off. Take care. sitting here thinking like I'm glad this ain't one of them Mike Tyson joints where you pay for the joint <laughs> hey boo stop playing bro <laughs> sock this shit out to Lorme oh man that combination was pretty too at the end oh man